Life Audio. Hey, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will be right with you in just a moment after this. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung hero of her king and country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, fam. Good night. Good morning. Good evening, wherever you're listening around the world and whenever you're listening. We are live Monday with Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and uh, this is the place where real girls have real talk about real issues while always seeking to apply and walk in our real faith. And if you've been with us the last few weeks, then you know that we have been having a series of conversations about honestly, the foundation of every conversation or issue that you will ever face in life, whatever challenges you're going through, require you to ask yourself the same question. And so as seasons change in your life and as challenges change, you're going to always be asking yourself the same question. Who are you? Who am I? What defines me, God? What's my identity all about? What's my purpose? I think my purpose is wrapped up in my identity. These are the questions that should be swirling around in your mind and will be swirling around in your mind all the time. And it's okay because it's what this journey is about here. I think asking questions is a great thing. I think struggling to answer the great identity questions of your soul is an incredible thing. I think it's the only way you find yourself to your true purpose, your true calling you know, what's going to really make you happy. The only way you get there is to really wrestle with these questions. And the only way that we get there as Christians is to wrestle with these questions before God, because he is the author and the creator of our identity. He wrote the manual, you know, he created the guidebook. He's the ultimate playbook 
for finding the answer to all of the questions that have to do with your identity. And whether you know God or not, an invitation is there for you to read the playbook, consult the manual, and get to know who you are and what your identity is as created by the God who created you. And so the reason why I can say whether you know God or not is because I know that if you actually do that, you'll know him. And in turn, you'll get to know yourself. And I got to tell you, you know, having an awareness of the strength that you have in Christ is a powerful thing because it is the only awareness that you can ever have that will give you a confidence when you're facing down the biggest and the scariest mountains in your life. You know, my my husband has had uh, a few surgeries to remove his thyroid uh, and some lymph nodes, you know, that were affected with some of the disease that affected his thyroid. And, you know, I don't even give life to the, the, the C word anymore because I know that God's got it. I know that God's got him. I know that God's got us. And I know that God knows the desires of my heart. And more than anything, through this challenge, I have moments where I realize I am more capable than I give myself credit for because my God is more able than I give him credit for often. And see, all of this is rooted in identity. When I return to what my identity is in Christ, then I know that all things are possible for me and for all of us with God because he loves us. I know that he takes all things and he works it all together for our good so that we emerge from these challenges more of who we're supposed to be as created by him. We emerge more blessed, more abundant, more able, more capable, stronger, you know, too often people base their identities on, you know, what they do, right? They base their identity on their jobs, you know, or uh, their role in a relationship. They define themselves by pursuits that are pursuits outside of themselves. And they define themselves by other people. Or worse, a lot of people define themselves by the things that have happened to them in life. And so they form a whole group of people who choose to live with victim mentality because bad stuff happened to them, because people legitimately are to blame for the circumstances and the struggles they've had in their life. But living as a victim and defining yourself by the things that have victimized you will only keep you locked in a place that prohibits you from moving forward and from living the life that you're alive to live. So. If you don't want to significantly limit your life, you've got to stop and ask yourself, who am I as defined by God? What is my identity in Christ? And the truth is that God intends for all of us to find our identity in Christ. So if you're a believer, and I think most of you who watch and join us weekly here on Girl Club are, um, although we do have non-believers who stumble across this podcast or this live stream. And you're invited in to really seek and come to know the truths that we discuss here so openly. And this week, instead of having the tribe in studio with me, I wanted to kind of stop and sort of bring us all up to speed, you know, kind of recap, kind of, um, you know, pull everyone in who may be joining these identity talks at this point. I think it's important. Um, 
because there's an abundance of things that we have been talking about. And there's an abundance of blessings for you as a beloved child of God, if you just walk in your identity. And there are a lot of ways you can start living your life fully in Christ, keeping in mind that your identity is found in Christ. So I've compiled a list of things that I found in a great study um, about the things that God calls you, things that are a part of your actual existence as a Christian, you know, and there are things that you need to remember because this is how God identifies you. And he wants to remind you constantly of who you are in Christ. And so we've gone through, you know, the, the first point, which is that you're a saint, meaning that the fact that you've placed your trust in Jesus Christ is enough to qualify you to be a saint. And even though you'll still struggle with sin while you live in this fallen world, your core identity as a Christian is as a saint, not as a sinner. And you can always count on Jesus's help to overcome sin in your life. So you rely on his help to resist temptation. And when you do sin, what do you do? You confess and you repent and you maintain an attitude of humility and gratitude for God's grace. You don't just keep sinning, you know, as a sinner, you should be falling forward, not backward. Ephesians 2.19 says, now, therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. That's a pretty incredible gift, you know? And the second thing that we have spoken about here in kind of going through these identity talks is, is the fact that you're blessed. You know, what does that mean? Well, it means God's given you the greatest blessing of all, himself. And no matter what other blessings God may or may not choose to, you know, provide you and send into your life, you can always be confident that God himself will be with you, loving you, and working everything in your life out for good purposes when you trust him to do so. God also brings a lot of different specific blessings into your life regularly. Make a habit of reflecting on those blessings every day, guys, or every week, and thanking him for them. And I have to tell you, if you make a habit of running the list of blessings in your life, you'll actually be a much happier person. You'll be a more joyful person, right? And that's all a part of what's supposed to be a part of your identity. You know, we're not supposed to walk around in lack. We're not supposed to walk around in worry all the time. And I, listen, I'm not preaching at you the things that I haven't struggled with myself. But Psalm 1 verses 1 to 3 says, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves don't wither and whatever they do prospers. So if you're seeking the knowledge of your creator, uh, the knowledge of the creator of your identity, you're not going to wither. You are going to prosper. If you're staying away from sinners and mockers and unbelievers, you're not going to wither. You're going to prosper. You know, in a recent kind of thing I'm going through, I have one of my closest friends in the world whom I adore. He's amazing. But, you know, there are times where I tune him out and I walk away because he's not a believer. He doesn't have my faith. And 
if you surround yourself and fellowship your with, you know, unbelievers and you take deep counsel from unbelievers, you'll find yourself in a place perhaps of fear and unbelief and doubt because that's the spirit that they walk in. They can't help it. So my job is to love him and pray for him to come to faith and to come to belief, not to make myself too close to situations that might attack my faith. And remember, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, it's God who's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. The third thing you need to know is that you're appreciated. And our talks on this have been incredible. I highly recommend you go back and, and watch these episodes. But see, you need to realize, and, and I know a lot of us really don't, because to think that God appreciates us is almost a joke, right? We appreciate him. Why should he appreciate us? Well, you know, the reality is that he does appreciate us. God notices and he appreciates every good choice that you make throughout your life even when other people don't. So change the way you live as a result, right? Exchange your grumbling for praying. Exchange your competing for celebrating. Try to put your bitterness down for thankfulness. Try to not to perform, but to serve. Stop your boasting. Trade that in for encouraging. So I think when you really think about the fact that you're appreciated, and you walk in in, a, in an attitude of appreciation and gratitude, the identity that God created you to walk in becomes that much easier to walk in. You know, God's with you and he's mighty with you. The fourth thing that we have been speaking about in these talks had to do with the fact that you're saved, you know, and, and we all know as believers, quite simply, thanks to Jesus's sacrifice on the cross, you're saved from sin, death. You're saved from Satan. You're saved from your old human nature and a pattern of worldly living. And you can respond in gratitude to your salvation by doing good works that God has prepared for you to do and helping others discover relationships with him and help redeem this fallen world. But I mean, when you think about the fact that you're saved, what is powerful to me is that not only are we saved, but we're saved every day. In everything we do, we're in this state of, of being saved and, and walking out our salvation. And it's so all-encompassing, really. I like to think of my being saved as a covenant that God has made with me. And even when I fall, he doesn't break his covenant. He just waits for me to really get up and get it right in my heart and get back to him. So remember Romans 10, 9, you know. 10, nine to 10, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Right here together, every week on Girl Club, we profess our faith and are saved. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God who made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's pretty amazing. Your being saved makes you the righteousness of God. And I think that is a beautiful thing. And John 5.24, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. 
you are saved. That is an incredible thing to know about your identity in Christ. Whatever you're going through right now, you're saved. You know, get to know the man who created you so you know how to respond to what you're going through. The fifth thing we talked about is that you're reconciled. Beautiful. You are reconciled. Jesus has spiritually reconciled you to God and others who are believers. And since God plans for all Christians from all the diverse types of backgrounds on earth to live harmoniously together in heaven forever, you should do your best to live harmoniously right here and right now. So ask the Holy Spirit to help you be peaceful, humble, and compassionate toward other people. Because just as God reconciled us, we want to seek to be reconciled with others. And this has a lot to do with forgiveness. And forgiveness doesn't mean that some of the things that have occurred to you or some of the people that have harmed you are people you should be enmeshed with. But you want to forgive them and let them go and give them to God. And Romans 5 verses 10 to 11 says, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, bear with each other. And forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I think this is an amazing scripture when talking about being reconciled because forgiveness is a foundation of this. Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins. We have to live like he would live. And so we forgive others. We unchain ourselves from what's been done to us so that we can be free, so that God can be the judge, so that we can live our lives unencumbered by victim mentality. Ephesians 4 verse 32 is amazing. And it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. The sixth thing we've talked about in speaking about the things that describe our identity is that you're afflicted. We're afflicted. Everybody in this fallen world, Christian and non-Christian alike, has to endure suffering. You will endure suffering. However, as a Christian, your suffering can actually accomplish good redemptive purposes. So rather than asking why, as believers, when we suffer, we often ask ourselves, who? Who is this suffering going to benefit? How is the suffering going to benefit me? We shift our focus from trying to figure out something that we may not be able to understand. And we put our focus toward God himself, who promises to always be with us, who promises to get us through all things, who has given us examples in Daniel with whom he was in the the fire, right? We can ask Jesus to use the suffering that we're experiencing right now to make us more like him. And to use us and that suffering to point more people to him. So our suffering can actually become a weapon in our tool belt. If only we'll give it over to God. You know, I I find that to be such an incredible thing about my identity as a believer. Because I have endured a lot of suffering. And I have lived long enough to see God time after time after time use the things that have sought to make me a victim and use the things that I have suffered through, and use the experiences that have come against me as tools 
in my tool belt and as weapons in my war chest. And so out of that, I'm able to equip others to go to war against those things that want to define them, you know, as victims. So don't lose heart, you know, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. This is scripture. For these light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 16 to 17. And I know it doesn't feel good, you know, a lot of the stuff that we go through. It doesn't feel light or momentary. And it's hard to think of eternity, you know, when we're going through something that's just bad right now. But God does promise that there's an eternal glory that far outweighs our momentary troubles. And so in knowing God, you can have the faith to root your yourself in this promise. And you got to know God to root yourself in promises like this, because sometimes, you know, it's not about the now. Sometimes it's about what we don't see. So just like John 16, 33 promises, you know, uh, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, trouble, trials, suffering. But take heart, Jesus said, I've overcome the world. He's overcome the world. And that, that's enough for me to know. You know, when things get really bad, I might be under it for a while. But reconnecting with the truth of my identity in Christ reconnects me with the power of his promises and with the faith to go forward, to continue, and to know that we'll be victorious. So the next thing that we would be speaking about this week, and we'll pick it up also with the girls in studio, but I want to actually kind of get into it a little bit this week, is that you're heard. We are heard. A part of our identity is that we are heard. Who are we heard by? Well, God always hears and responds to us. He responds to our prayers when we're connected to him through Jesus. He hears us. God listens to us. Feel free to confidently express any of your thoughts and feelings to God at any time and expect him to listen to you and to answer your prayers according to what's best for you. He knows what's best for you. He loves you and his promises to hear us are something that give me so much hope and so much joy. Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13 says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Some of you right now are seeking God with all your heart. You're crying out to him from the bottom of your soul. And I want you to know that he's listening and that he hears you. And you'll find him. He'll meet you. He's meeting you even now. He has not abandoned you. He will not forsake you. He knows the desires of your heart. And he, he knows. And in his will, his will is good for us. He wants us to be well. 1 Peter 3 verse 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Come on. We are called righteous because we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And because we live striving toward him. 
not striving towards sin. We've repented of sin. We put aside our sinful ways. Our eyes are turned toward God. Our ear is attentive to hear him when he speaks. Hello? That's why we know that we're heard. He answers our prayers. Some of you out there, if not all of you, have had your prayers answered at least once. So you know God listens and hears and can answer your prayers. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He listened. He listens. He heard. He hears. He will hear again. He will answer your prayers again. 1 John 5 verse 15 says, And if we know that he hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And that is an incredible promise that I am standing on even right now, that I know many of you need to stand on. You know, I think the world is quite frankly full of noise and nobody's listening. I think the world is full of words, but nobody understands the words that other people are speaking because they don't really listen. They don't really hear what other people are saying. I think the world is currently full of need, but nobody really cares, which is why they don't really listen and why so many of us can feel unheard and misunderstood. But see, somewhere in all the chaos, we've forgotten who we are, much less who we were created to be. Somewhere in all the chaos and the words, we've been seeking to root our identity in what we're told to be and in who we're told to be. Many believers are out there scattered on social media, you know, taking their cues about their identity from Kim Kardashian or celebrities or other people in the world. Our identity cues are only to be taken from the word of God. God created us to be heard because he he hears us. If, If he didn't create us to be heard, then he wouldn't listen to us. Then the Bible wouldn't say he hears our cries. He hears our prayers. He listens to our prayers. So God created us to be heard. What are you saying? Right? What are you using your mouth for? He gave us mouths. Out of our mouths, we speak. Out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth speaks. What's in your heart? Is your identity as created by God in your heart? If it is, then what's coming out of your mouth will reflect that. Because God gave us a mouth and other people can hear us also. God also tells us that the power of life and death is in the tongue. So what comes out of our mouths is important because it can be life-giving. But what comes out of our mouths can also kill and hurt people. So the mouth is a gift to us to use as a gift to others. And just as God hears us, and just as we want to be heard by others, check your heart. So that what's coming out of your mouth that you want others to hear is actually in line with the heart identity that you should be having and walking in and living in before God. I often say, Jesus, teach me to love with your heart. 
Teach me to see with your eyes. Help me to hear with your ears. That's a really simple prayer that you can ask. Because if everyone today in our nations was seeking to listen to each other with God's ears, to love each other with God's heart, I don't mean with the twisted guilt you into loving your neighbor by accepting anything and everything they do and just letting people go about their way. Because some people are going about their way to hell. It's our job as believers to share the good news out of our mouth. Some people need to hear the gospel. Who are you working with? Who are you with and around every day? Have they heard you share about the love of Christ? about the fact that Jesus loves them? Are you using your mouth for your own prayers to be heard by God only? Or are you using your mouth to pray for others who don't know him? Because we know God's listening to our prayers. We know he wants to answer our prayers according to his will. Guess what? It's his will that everyone should know him, that everyone should have a chance to be saved through the death of his, his, his son, Christ. So I challenge you, you know, this week to check your mouth. <clears throat> what are you using your mouth for? You know, God gives some of us the ability to sing, right? So others can hear us sing. And as I said, he gives us the ability to speak so that others can listen, right? So even when we don't open our mouths, that's often being heard loudly. Because if you're a singer and you don't sing, you're depriving all of us of the gift that God gave you, of the blessings that flow out of your mouth because you're able to make harmonious sounds with your mouth. And when those sounds come, up, uh, come from a place of praise and love and worship, what a beautiful gift you have to share with us in the world. And if you don't use your mouth to share how much Jesus loves other people. You're depriving other people of this beautiful gift that we walk in called identity, true, powerful, unconfused identity. And yes, there are people that are confused about their identity. And there are even Christians that are confused about their identity. And I will go so far as to say you know, I believe that even those Christians are not really clear about the identity of, of their God that they serve through Jesus Christ, or it would help them to walk out of their own identity confusion into the reality of who and what God created them to be, which is perfect and beautiful and loved. And why can I say all of this with full assurance? Well, because I know that he answers prayers. I know that he speaks to me and I know that he speaks to you. I know that he has sent me signs in the past that he hears my prayers. And I know that he's sent many of you signs and wonders that he's heard your prayers. I know so many of us as believers have actually seen miracles, even if they're small and we want to write them off as coincidences. Somewhere inside, we know or knew those moments in which, in which you, you just go to yourself, okay, self. That was a God thing. God hears us. He listens to us and to what we communicate to him. And when he hears us cry out to him, he not only hears and listens, but he moves and he delivers us. 
There is so much inside of us that we have to give if we'll only hear other people, if we'll only listen to them. You know, in my in, in my own identity talks and in the talks we're having, I ask constantly, is anybody listening? Are they hearing what we're saying? You know? And are they hearing and only hearing or are they hearing and is that hearing translating to listening? Because listening and hearing, you know, like, right, they kind of go hand in hand. They're sort of one in the same, but they're a little different because you can listen to the words coming out of my mouth, but not really hear what I'm trying to say. And you can hear the words coming out of my mouth, but not really listen to the point of trying to understand what I'm saying. We're trying to change your life in accordance with what you just heard. So there's something that needs to translate to action, right? A verb needs to happen in your life based on what you're being taught about your identity. And action needs to occur. For many of us, change needs to occur. You know, everybody today is screaming and shouting and posing and flexing, yet nobody is really hearing what's really being said. Nobody is really listening to the fact that we're watching a massive identity crisis take place all over social media and all throughout our nation. And the first place that this identity crisis is occurring is in each of our individual souls. It's in our spiritual selves because when the individual changes, the family changes, the the people around you change, your community changes. And guess what? Our nation changes. We're in an identity crisis of self that's impacting our families. So there's an identity crisis around what family really is and isn't. There's an identity crisis around what our nation really is and isn't. We have a constitution, just like as believers, we have a Bible. Our constitution, our creation, our founding fathers had a vision that is America. It was founded upon certain principles. And yes, many of those principles are godly principles. Do your homework, learn who you really are to know what your identity really is as an American. In any nation where you're hearing this, Do the homework of what your nation was founded to be and really begin to ask yourself, are we, are we okay? Are we living according to the greatness that we were founded with? Or are we trying to change and pick and choose and cherry pick our identity to fit what we want to be right now? And is what we want to be right now actually in line with what God really wants us to be? It all works so hand in hand that sometimes I'm just, I'm just amazed that people don't understand why we're in a crisis nationally, why we're in a crisis in our homes, in our families, why people are in such a crisis with their sexuality, with their lives. You know, why are we in a spiritual crisis? Because Our identity is meant to be rooted in God through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And, you know, I know for a lot of people that sounds very divisive, but this isn't meant to be divisive. It's what I really believe and what Christians really know 
and believe. And if you're not there, then understand this, that you are loved with an everlasting love. And I'm just inviting you to check out what I'm saying. You know, to really hear, you have to listen. And to really listen, you have to hear. And to really, really, really hear and listen, you have to listen and hear between the lines of what people are saying. You have to hear and listen to body language. The eyes communicate, the skin, the muscles, all of these things and and all of the way that God made us is communicating something that we're each trying to say. And every day we're communicating a message of agreement with our faith or disagreement with our faith. It's all working together to communicate something that other people are listening to and many people are hearing. So is what you're saying and communicating leading people toward God or pushing them away from God? You know, in this world of confusion, identity confusion, I think the worst thing is that there are a lot of people and a lot of agendas that are using the spiritual confusion, you know, around identity to indoctrinate and to fill those who are lost and empty of their own decisions and information. They're trying to fill them with their way of doing things instead of filling them with God's way of doing things. And I don't want you to take me at my word if you're an unbeliever who happens to be listening. I want you to investigate God, investigate Jesus Christ. See if you can take him at his word. I promise you, you can. I know that you can. I've staked my life on it. And I know for all of you who are members here at Grow Club, you've staked your lives on the truth of the fact that part of our identity is that God is listening and that we are heard. And as you go through the rest of your week, you know, I'd like to just encourage you to walk in that, walk around and marvel. God hears me. God knows what I'm going through. I may be saying the same prayers over and over and over again in my head. I might be having the same stresses, run the same race every day from morning till night. But I can stop with all of that because God heard me the first time. He hears me every time it happens. Him hearing me and listening isn't going to affect the outcome even more, except you know, like the widow and and the unjust judge, sometimes we just keep going back, keep going back, keep going back because we know that God is just. And our going back is to move him to mercy, to move him to justice. But I, I want you to know that he hears and that he's listening. So I'm gonna wrap it up this week right there. I wanna leave you with that. And I want to challenge you to make sure that what you're communicating to others is really worth others hearing and listening to and possibly changing their lives over. And I want you to know that you're heard by God and is what you're communicating to God, pleasing to him. And I want you to know that in hearing you, 
and listening to you. He loves you and wants to answer your prayers. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Keep seeking him. Keep seeking your identity in Christ. It's the only identity worth having. It's the only identity that will impact not just you and your life and your soul and the things that you desire and dream of. It will alleviate your fears. It will overcome the demons and the mountains that come against you. But it will also impact your families, your children, your relationships, your friendships, your communities, your nation. We need to be a nation that hears, that listens, that is willing to change based on our identity in God, in God, our identity as believers who love others, because that's what our God tells us to do, to love others, hate the sinner or hate the sin, love the sinner. You know, there's so much about who you are that will help you become what you need to be right now and every moment of every day. And it's all found in your identity in Christ. And it's all found in the Bible. So I encourage you to read it. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Thanks for being a member of Girl Club. Don't forget to like us, subscribe, and share. You can check us out right here at Cynthia Garrett Ministries' YouTube channel. And you can interact and live comment. We're live every Monday, 9 a.m. on the West Coast, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 noon on the East Coast. You can hear us on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're listening on podcast, please make a comment. Help us grow. Girl Club is not just for girls. It's also for guys. We love having guys here. We love sharing our opinions as girls, but we want to hear your opinion as men, men of God. We want to hear your opinions if you're seeking God and you haven't yet found him, if you don't quite believe, but maybe you're open. We do this because we love others, because we love the God that we serve and because we love you. So we give a special shout out to Life Audio for hosting this incredible part of our lives. This incredible part of my life. It's why I created Girl Club during the pandemic so that we could have a place to come together, not just as a Bible study, but as a place of fellowship, as a place to be transparent and cry and, and kick and scream and question and pick apart. Iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. Become a member. Contribute what your iron is to ours, and let's sharpen each other and become strong. Thanks for being a part of Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'll see you next week. If you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling Ikea furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend, Abby, and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.